Hey plotters, it's Jen. Welcome to another episode of Craft Services Table, where we introduce you to some of the shows that we also listen to by providing a short preview of their most recent episode. I hope that you've been enjoying this series so far. It's pretty fun to highlight these uh, new friends of ours. But if you have any feedback for us, like this is taking too much out of your podcast feed to jump through and try to find our regular episodes, you can let us know your feedback by sending an email to shockedandapplaud at gmail.com or tweeting us at shockedapplaud. This week we are highlighting a show called Spy Hards, and here's what they have to say about their show. Hosted by Special Agents Scott and Cam, Spy Hards goes deep undercover into the shadowy world of Cloak & Dagger cinema on a mission to determine the greatest spy films of all time. If you're a fan of the spy film genre, I really think that you're going to enjoy them. Here's a recent review on their Podchaser page by Dan F. This is such a great spin on the film review podcast genre, diving into the world of spy movies, breaking them down, and picking out the best of the best. I grew up a huge James Bond fan, so this podcast gives me some nostalgia at the same time. Listen ASAP, but do so quietly and secretly. No, actually listen and then tell everyone you know. We're going to introduce you to the world of Spy Hards in their episode 13, Men in Black 2. Scott and Cam also have a guest operative, Ray, from Not Before Coffee on this episode. So you'll get three opinions on just how terrible this movie is. So without further introduction, here is Spy Hards. And even just like some of the like celeb cameos, you're like, they feel so much more on the nose. Like you look at the first one, they're actually pretty clever. They've got that board of aliens and you have like fashion designer Isaac Mizrahi, who was like a kind of a popular figure in pop culture at that point. But it's not like a joke that kids are going to get. It feels much more like adult oriented in terms of who's going to pick up on some of these references, whereas this one feels really like trying to go for a lot of youth appeal. You've got like Nick Cannon, you know, showing up for a cameo and it's like a very flatly written just, hey, kids, look, it's Nick Cannon. Um, You just have these kind of the Michael Jackson one is really on the nose as well. Um, It just feels like really awkward. They don't feel like things where they're going, hey, let's, you know, kind of have some layered jokes, stuff for the kids, stuff for the adults. This feels entirely for the kids. Off topic point, but can you have a more um, problematic scene than Rip Torn and Michael Jackson on the screen at the same time? It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> mm, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it it was quite juvenile, I think. Yeah, that's probably a good word to describe the film. <laughs> juvenile. Yeah, I mean... Humorless. I was <laughs> I was kind of impressed to see like a cameo by Biz Marquis, who was a beatboxer, mm-hmm. who was like really popular at the air. I was kind of like, huh, that's a little interesting. I was also very fascinated to see Scott. I don't know if you picked up on this one, but we had a cameo from Osseus Labyrinth. And I'm sure everyone listening is like, who is Osseus Labyrinth? They were the contortionists in the tool video for Schism, who walked on all fours, shaking their heads back and forth. They are walking through a scene in the alien immigration office at Men in Black headquarters here. I noted that down. I thought, are those dudes from Schism video? I was going to ask you for They it. are. There you go. Yeah. What, what, what are the kids like more? Tool and Burger King. <laughs> I'll give them the tool one. The tool one's actually pretty. I was actually kind of blown away by that one. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, speaking of cameos, we get Peter Graves turning up, obviously, of Mission Impossible fame. 
Yeah, I noted. I actually noted that was the first thing I noted down. <laughs> I actually like that sequence. That feels like one of the few moments of invention with this movie, which is do a flashback through a really bad recreation, like a bad TV recreation, and it kind of gets into that kitschy sci-fi element that Men in Black is kind of having fun with, at least in the first one. Um, here, I like that intro, and then it's kind of downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the intro was creative. That's what it was lacking. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So let's let's try and be a bit more positive now. We have Big Will himself as Jay in this film. He's back again. Obviously, we mentioned earlier he's playing the straight man at the start, which is something they wanted to avoid and they learned from you know Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. Um, but any thoughts on his his reappearance as Jay? One of the first things I noted, you know, when he's talking with his new partner, T, mm-hmm. one of the things he was always saying in the first film was, oh, you've got to make it more exciting when you neuralize them. And all he says to his partner of five and a bit months is, get married and have a bunch of kids. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so that's all you're going to say to someone you've known all this time. That's the most creative thing. And then as soon as Tommy Lee Jones is back in it, he's gone from the straight sensible to the one who says, oh, you might not have very much longer left on Earth, so stay up and show love. And she can stay up all night and make and get her loads of sweets when they go and get the weapons from uh, Kay's old apartment. Isn't it bizarre that at the start of the film, he is coming across as this like super agent? He's in control of all these situations. And then as soon as Kay comes back, he's blowing the door off the building and being sucked in and making mistakes everywhere. It's definitely leaning into the Will Smith as goofball, but not funny. This movie like feels to me like a lot of it was put on Will Smith's shoulders without any you know really solid screenplay to back him up. And so it falls into that really lazy thing where Will Smith will sometimes, when he's not working with much, just kind of start screaming or being manic because he's just trying to get some energy on screen. And I can admire the dedication to this film that he was bringing in terms of looking alive. And I'm sure he was exhausted after the, after days of shooting this movie, but he's just kind of throwing himself all over the place without any sort of solid foundation to make him actually funny on screen. You just kind of go like, well, Will Smith is definitely manic. Yeah, but that's not what you want to take from a film unless that's what he's meant to be. Well, I don't know about anybody else. That's not what I wanted to take from a film. I want something with a bit more structure. And as I think you mentioned earlier about the um, the scene where he's in the those great big plastic tubes, and I didn't think it was meant to be slapstick. <laughs> uh, I think it was supposed to be slapstick, or at <laughs> least I, I don't know what it was. I feel like maybe on set they saw that pile of tubes and they were like, "Huh? Hey, Will, Will, come here. Get in that. Get in those, and let's see what we can make out of this. Let's make magic, baby." <laughs> It's a shame they didn't make magic. <laughs> Isn't it weird that that scene's at like at the hour and 15 minute mark? And we've covered two hour films, two and a half hour films, and I'm checking my watch at an hour and 15. Like, is this done yet? And there you go. There's your quick introduction to the world of the Spy Hards podcast with their episode reviewing Men in Black 2. They've also got episodes on Three Days of the Condor from 1975, The Bourne Supremacy. Cloak and Dagger, Dr. No, and even Jumpin' Jack Flash is on there. 
You can find Spy Hearts just about wherever you get your podcasts and also tweet them at Spy Hearts. We're trying to coordinate with Scott and Cam to be guest stars on one of their episodes in the future, so we'll let you know more about that as we know more info. But even before that, we definitely recommend you check them out. And that brings us to the conclusion of this episode of Craft Services Table. This is your co-host and audio engineer, Jen. And on behalf of all the ladies here at Shocked and Applaud, I'd like to say thank you for patroning the peculiar. <laughs>